Welcome back to the clubhouse. Garen Emig of the Tulsa World with Bill Haston, also of the Tulsa World. We write columns for your uh, appreciation, hopefully, uh, either online or in the uh, in the newspaper. If you are consuming this video, uh, we thank you for your online patronage. You can check out videos we do as a sports staff every week. Bill and I on sports in general, uh, also with Eli Letterman on OSU, Eric Bailey on OU, Bryce McKinnis on TU, Barry Lewis and Kelly Hines on preps. We'll give you the content as long as you keep watching it. If you would rather uh, have audio only, you can download you can download and subscribe to uh, the audio version in uh, in podcast form via Apple, Spotify, or Google. Thank you very much, seriously, uh, for your continued support. Uh, Bill, I thought we would give football a little bit of a break this week and, and dive into college basketball first, since you were at Stillwater uh, last Saturday to watch the Cowboys beat Oklahoma. You you had some uh, some thoughts on the game. You obviously led with Caleb Boone for his big performance in that one, but I thought most interesting was the commentary on the future of the series. And we, we lump, because of this, uh, this o OU, to, OU in Texas to the SEC, we look in terms of future Bedlam, I think strictly in football terms and worry for its future. And I, I, I understand that, but you bring up a point that we need to keep in mind moving forward, that, that all sports don't have to be equal in this. I mean, they could be, but they don't have to be. And perhaps there is an easier place for Bedlam's future to continue in basketball than, than in football. So let's talk about that. Uh, first, what you, what you learned, what you heard, and what you wrote um, over the weekend. Well, there is uh, – and keep in mind, I didn't talk to uh, – I didn't get a chance to talk to Chad Weiberg. I couldn't even find Chad. He may not have even been at the game. I don't know. But I did talk with several people in the athletic department. Uh, the, and there seems to be uh, a unanimous expectation that, that the, there will not be an annual football bedlam series. There will not be. Uh, that, that's just not going to happen. Uh, but with regard to basketball, it was more of a we'll have to, you know, wait and see kind of deal. And but if you think about it, Garen, um, and, and one one person did express a pretty high level of confidence. He said, I think. Uh, we will have an annual. I think we'll go home and home in basketball. Uh, not each year, but Norman one year, Stillwater the next. And, but without a disruption mm -hmm. in that series. So, uh, and if you think about it, while OSU does rely heavily on the every other year Bedlam football to help drive season tickets, they have reached a level, uh, thanks to Mike Holder's ticket policy, that was so unpopular in the beginning and to some extent still is, but it works. So they're not going to back away from it. But, but the, the policy is there's a there's a game designated each year on the home football schedule as the premium game. Mm -hmm. and if you don't purchase season tickets, Garen, you don't go to that game. They don't sell tickets on a single game basis for Bedlam, right? Oh, you get its allotment and then season tickets, uh, sales for the OSU people, and that's it. And so that's a, a great motivator to get season tickets for football. But if you think about it, every time Norman, every time OU unlocks the gates at Owen Field, they're going to have 80,000 there. I mean, it, it, I don't care who the opponent is. Sure. Missouri State, Illinois State, I, well, you know, I'm being silly here, but but you could bring in just virtually any opponent. You're going to have 80,000 tickets moved for that game. Uh, 
And in Stillwater now, they've reached a level where they're going to have a consistent 50,000 plus for every opponent on the schedule, which is mind-blowing when you think about as recently as uh, 07, they sold 32,000 season tickets. Uh, and but, but they've really turned the corner on attendance and ticket sales at, o, at OSU. So I think OSU can, can flirt, continue to flourish without that Bedlam game every other year. And you know OU is going to flourish. And then if anything, you know, OU with, you know, the, some of these SEC schools coming in. Right. I mean, that that is a draw. That, that That's going to be a real fresh change of pace for the OU people to mm-hmm. get those schools, to get Georgia and Florida, LSU, Arkansas. That That's another underrated, under-discussed aspect of this move to the SEC is I, I expect OU and Arkansas to light it up with regard to a robbery. And you wonder why haven't they played so many more times than they have over the years? Well, here we go now. And Arkansas hopefully sustains its uh, uh, trend with Sam Pittman and continues to sustain itself as a 8-9-10 win type of team. And I think OU Arkansas will be a heck of a robbery. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but with regard to basketball, OU needs uh, a Bedlam game OSU needs a bedlam game because there aren't that many games on the schedule for which each side's going to get eight or 9,000 people, right? I mean, otherwise you're looking at crowds of half that, most games. So it's an easy schedule. It's a bus ride. Um, so um, I don't think you're going to see a Kansas-Missouri dynamic here. I think you'll be mm-hmm. – uh, I, I think we'll have bat, bat, bedlam basketball for years to come, although – I'm rambling here, but but I did talk with some former players like Doug Gottlieb and some of the coach Henry sure. I, Henry Iba coached guys, uh, and with one exception, they were like, "To heck with OU, you know they're choosing to leave. Let's 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 move on. Let's mm-hmm. let's, let's don't just separate. Let's go ahead and divorce here." So uh, that was Gottlieb's message. Literally, he said, "No thanks, I'm not interested." Uh, so. But I think ultimately you'll see Bedlam basketball be sustained on an every year basis. Norman yeah. one year, Stillwater the next. Well, I think that's important, Bill, because uh, again, I, we, we we tend to shrink everything when we talk about college sports into football terms because that's it's not just the financial driver of everything, but it's where any it's where the interest is. Let's be honest, uh, especially in Oklahoma, uh, the the job that Gundy has done. The last half of his his tenure in Stillwater, pulling the Cowboys on closer terms to OU, has the focus on the jeopardy that that future football bedlam is in because of what Oklahoma has done and going to the SEC. But last Saturday, it showed me that there 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 must be bedlam basketball if 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 at all if there's any interest at all on, on behalf of both parties for two reasons. Number one. You don't have outside of those two games a lot of people in either arena. You just don't. Porter Moser's done a good job, I think, reconnecting with OU students in Norman, but they're they're not filling more seats in general admission at Lloyd Noble Center. Uh, you've seen some of the this, you know the crowds in Stillwater have been rather sorry this year, point blank. OU OSU's having a I wouldn't call it a sorry season. I'd call it a mystifying season in terms of being a 500 basketball team with with talent far exceeding that Oklahoma before beating Texas Tech last night was in danger of squandering its NCAA tournament bid 
And so you not you not you don't just have fan apathy with with regard to the two programs in general. You got sort of uneven performance. You didn't think about that Saturday because it was hostile. It was loud. People were invested for two hours. It was it wasn't the best played game, obviously. It's a pretty sloppy game, but it was dramatic as hell. And you you'd sensed you were there to see it. I was I was at home to watch it. You sensed that the Cowboys thought it was a pretty big deal to win it. Yeah. And so all of this leads into, you know what, for as much noise as we make about Bedlam football, because of all the diff- different factors in that, Bedlam basketball is when you can really feel this, the, the heat in this thing. And so for, for that to completely vanish, I think, would be just heartbreaking. Yeah, amen. And uh, honestly, Garen, I, in fact, I told Eric before the game or, or before we went over there, I said, I don't expect more than 8,000. We were talking about parking in the pregame. And I mm-hmm. said, I don't be okay if we get there uh, at, you know, at, at an hour and a half before tip, we're going to be okay on parking because um, I don't think there'll be more than 8,000 people there and then 11,000 plus. And it was a legit 11,000 um, and, and a really engaged. You know, it was also the remember the 10 home game, right. the commemoration of the, of the uh, remember the 10 plane crash victims and, and the OSU people always, that, that's a holy day for the OSU people. So, I, you know, but still, it was still only two days removed from a pretty nasty winter storm, you know, with some icy conditions here and there still, even Saturday. Yeah. So, I mean, it, and it was really cold Saturday morning. I mean, so there were there were reasons for people to stay home, but they did. They, they went to the game. So I, I think it was a testament not only to the uh, – uh, what people wanting to pay respects to the memories of those plane crash victims, but it, it was a testament to the power of Bell. Sure. No doubt. And I mean, yeah, I mean, as far as these teams go, uh, Arkansas did owe you a favor a couple of nights ago uh, by beating Auburn. That I haven't even looked at the net rankings since that game, but I mean, that has to help OU a spot or two. OU helped itself obviously last night. OSU, Mike Boynton is still winless in Fort Worth. He's never won a game down there. Mm. They haven't won down there since Brad Underwood was a coach uh, at TCU. So uh, I'm not so mystified by OSU uh, lack of performance because I just don't think there's – I just don't think they have a point guard. Mm-hmm. I, you know, obviously everything ran through Kate Cunningham uh, last year. And when you don't have that – go-to person as a facilitator, uh, you know, and when spacing gets messed up and you know what I mean? I mean, it's just, I, I just, I think likely it's better cast as a point guard. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the root of most of the problems uh, for Coach Boynton this year. Just doesn't have a quarterback. He's got a, it's like when you have to have a, like an athlete Playing the quarterback position instead of a classic quarterback. That's kind of where they are right now with yeah. basketball. So that's what you touched on earlier in the week. Uh, you've got something coming up l- later this week or early next. We'll stay with OSU that uh, you're, you've been you've been on fire with regard to enterprise columns is what we call them in the industry. Very sort of outside the box um, the pieces that, that you have taken on for us. And I'm excited about your latest project that involves the mascot. At OSU, and if you think you if you think you know everything there is to know about Pistol Pete, I don't think you do. 
based on uh, based on what you've discovered. Tell us tell us what you can without giving away the game. Okay, well, here's here's the first takeaway uh, after going through all those interviews, and I say all. I've only transcribed three of them so far, but they're, they combined total was like seventy two minutes on the three. <laughs> but but Pete, Pete is considered more of an ambassador than a mascot, and <clears throat> so I got a direct message on Facebook from a guy a couple of months ago mm-hmm. he was telling me about a, a memorial service and that a family member had passed unexpectedly. And he's, and he said, our family was staggered by this, by the way, pistol Pete attended the memorial service and the family was really moved by that. I guess I didn't even ask, but I guess the guy was an OSU grad. <laughs> so I thought, Hmm, I wonder how common that is. I'll tell you how common it is now, including games. Okay, and there are a lot of games, but including games, if you combine games with special appearances like weddings, memorial services, corporate events, alumni events, Pete makes about 750 appearances a year. Now, there are two Pete's. It's like Santa's helper, right? You got (laughs) the real Santa Claus and Santa's helper. And that's what you have over there. You have two, two students who both are pistol Pete and uh it is so interesting there's he says 750 appearances a year with the two smoke yeah right I mean that's like 2.2 a day or whatever it is that's I mean crazy I know uh but you know like one of the pistol one of the the, the, the two Pete's this year Parker Wilson and Michael Albright are Parker is pistol Pete number 91 all time. And Parker, I mean, Michael is number 92 all time. That's how they're identified, 91 and 92, like a president, you know? (laughs) So, uh, but they'll, uh, it is common for, uh, on a Saturday, for the Pistol Pete's to have as many as eight engagements to attend. Golly. Like a a game in the afternoon, a kid's birthday party in the morning, and a wedding reception in the evening. And, uh, but they go all over. I mean, from in Oklahoma, border to border, and then into Arkansas, a lot of events in Dallas, uh, Houston, Austin. Uh, it's, it's just really interesting. But, but yeah, it's uh, Becky Jackson is a Sepulpa native and she's the Spirit Squad coordinator at OSU. Mm-hmm. She coordinates the Pete schedules, you know, and, and, but after talking with her, I, it was, uh, her story is interesting too. I mean, she was a Palm Squad member, Gundy's first two or three seasons as the head coach. And um, she went on to teach fourth grade for a bunch of years, but she got, but for uh, I think the last nine years, she's been involved with the Spirit Squad, the last four as nothing else. She was teaching fourth grade and then she said, I had two full-time careers and it was wearing me out. So mm-hmm. she just does that now. But uh, yeah, it's it's just interesting. I guess kind of the, uh, it's, uh, I, I don't know. The headline I keep thinking about is with love from Pistol Pete because, you know, that's just, I mean, he does get paid. Uh, I don't know if I've mentioned the money part of it, but Pete makes a hundred bucks per 30 minutes at an appearance. And uh, 
I guess, you know, at a happy occasion, like a wedding reception, lots, a lot of tips, lots of uh, $20 handshakes, coming <laughs> handshakes. And, uh, but, you know, like Becky Jackson emphasized, Pete is an ambassador of Oklahoma State, not yeah. a mascot. So, um, yeah. And just some of the, uh, I, I asked her what is considered taboo. She said for about the last three years, he no longer fires that pistol at an event. Really? No. So huh. it, just, it just felt like it's time to do away with that. Unless it's like a private event or a corporate event and and the organizer and everybody there is insistent that they want him to shoot the pistol. And they're, we promise we're okay with it. We're happy about it. Yeah. And, and no, so, but you know, I attended Boone Pickens' 90th birthday party in uh, Dallas, Dallas Country Club. And Pete was at the entrance and he fired a couple of shots and not everybody, not everybody was a fan, I'm telling you. Yeah. Uh, so I can see that. I, but, I, I get it. Yeah, so anyway, but but otherwise, I mean, uh, the most taboo of all the don'ts for Pete is don't take off your head. You can't remove your head in front of anybody. Mm -hmm. As you, you and I were talking about before we started recording, I mean, that's kind of a mascot yeah. policy, universal mascot policy. Don't yeah. think But, uh, no, it's, it's, uh, I've got an interview, uh, later today with a former Pete. They say had, for some reason, he just happened to have more meaningful, emotional, powerful experiences than any other. I don't even know what they amount to. Interesting. Not out. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Well, Oh, he's been through some things, so it, that might be it was his responsibility to exactly. Yeah. So, well, I can't wait for that. That's you said you're shooting that out uh, sometime around uh, Valentine's Day. Well, Carol wants to pub our, our uh, managing editor wants to pu publish this on Valentine's Day. Okay, Monday, I think. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's it's just kind of a. Like I said, Pete pockets a little bit of money uh, and the mileage, those guys, and they get paid mileage, 47 cents a mile. Uh, but holy cow, it's they'll have like a, an event in Lawton. Like one Pete will have in one day a breakfast uh, appearance in Enid and then an afternoon thing in Lawton and a wedding reception in Tulsa. Mm -hmm. Same day. And... She said, I'm always careful. And Becky said, I'm always careful to make sure. Are you sure you want to do this? Because she coordinates it. And she said, if they want to do it, then I let them do it. So, but yeah, they are all over the place. Uh, That's wild. Represent Oklahoma State. It's a great story. Can't wait to read it. I know OSU fans will be uh, all over that. Uh, I haven't written much about the Cowboys this week, but I do have one in the, uh, in, the in my pocket that will come out by Super Bowl Sunday, and that's uh, something on Trey Flowers, who is the former OSU safety who plays for the Bengals and will be on the field uh, for Super Bowl 56 this weekend. I didn't talk to Flowers, but I spoke with his former defensive coordinator, Glenn Spencer, and it's uh, it reaffirms, Bill, I think, the connection that we all assume is there between coaches and players as they move on in life, but this, this will sort of affirm that, and it's nice to know because it's easy to get cynical about coaches with everything that's going on right now and the money that they're making and the movement that they're making. But this, uh, this is nice. Spencer's a class guy. We all know that about him. 
And he's did, got nice. Did Glenn, got nice that, did Glenn mention that Trey Flowers? Uh, well, I, I I don't want to put words in Glenn's mouth, but right, Trey Flowers was the skinniest yeah. college football player I've ever seen when he was a true freshman. And yep. he's still a slender basketball-looking athlete uh, even now. But but as an OSU freshman, I just thought this kid's going to get snapped in half. <laughs> He was he was certifiably skinny. But yeah, he was a playmaker. It's covered so much ground and right. So he was immediately he was a good player for them and yeah. a like really likable guy. I met. Mm -hmm. I remember meeting his family, his sister. Uh, I think his sister attended OSU as well. Uh, and uh, great family. Uh, so I'm really and he, one of the more likable guys they would bring around for us to talk to. You know, so you just kind of naturally. I mean, because we got into this business in part because we like sports, right? right. And we like likable people. So, I mean, you kind of root, forget the bedlam rivalry. I mean, yeah. you got friends at both places. I mean, it's just human nature. Unless you're a robot, you're going to have friendships. And, yeah. and I always really like Trey Flowers. So for I'm sure. Happy. And I'm happy for Piran. I was going to say, it'll be Flowers, Piran, uh, and Joe Mixon on the Bengals. I think Jordan Evans is on injured reserve. I saw him on the sideline of the uh, championship game at Arrowhead, but he was not dressed. I, I think he's been on IR for a while. Uh, Obo Okoronkwo for the Rams and Bobby Evans, who I don't know. I don't know if Bobby plays for the Rams, but he's a backup lineman. He may He may get in. I, I'm not sure. Uh, before we got it, we're running short of time, but real quick, I'm riding the Bengals. Uh, I, I, they're, they're, the, they're the underdog, but I, I love every – I'm just sort of attached to Burrow. Joe Burrow just – he, he just Joe Cool. I think that's that's a name that you might have attached to him at one point. And so I'm picking the Cincy outright. I, I think they'll win the game uh, Sunday because I think Burrow will outplay Matthew Stafford. Do you agree or disagree? Well, I'm uh, I'm was blown away by now. I'm going to have to pick the Rams by less you know less than a touchdown. Okay, because the Rams have Aaron Donald and Vaughn Miller and are sure. Their front seven is real good. And so I'm thinking, which Bengals offensive line will we see this week? Which, what kind of protection will we see Sunday? Will it, yeah. will it look more like it did two games ago when the Bengals gave up nine sacks and one in spite of that? Or will it look more like last week when they gave up one? Well, the Rams front will be the best. The front seven is the best they will have seen all year. So have the Bengals turned the corner up front? that dramatically, Garen, in three weeks that they can block the Rams and, and let Burrow, if they can, Cincinnati will win the game. I believe that because Burrow's just got his mojo right now is, mm -hmm. you know, he, he's in a special place. So I like Burrow as the best player in the game. Uh, well, one of the two. Aaron Donald is amazing. Yep. That's why I think Jackson Player has a chance, ultimately, because Jackson Player looks like a Aaron Donald Jr. Not mm -hmm. quite as – Aaron Donald is undersized from a height standpoint. Jackson Player actually is a little shorter even than Aaron Donald. Yep. But, man, Jackson Player could cover a lot of ground uh, for an interior guy, and Aaron Donald can – he can just wreck a game by himself. So yeah. – um, I guess I have to pick the Rams like 31-27. Okay. Uh, the basis of that, because it's just hard for me to believe that an offensive line could be that crappy. 
three weeks ago, and then and then, I know, and then blocked the Rams. But I know. like you say, Burrow is in in, in a that's, bad place right now, so maybe he's desperate. That's the poll for me. All right, you got thirty-one twenty-seven Rams. I'll go Cincy twenty-seven twenty-three. We'll see what happens. Same spread. I'll I'll just take Cincy. Um, you know, never been a big never been a big fan of of either team, but um, I do like I do like a good story, and Burrow's a great story, and so is Zach Taylor. The former, the former quarterback from Norman High School. He mentions that, yeah. Yeah, who's now who's gone from everyone wants him out after two yeah. miserable years to can't can do no wrong as the Bengals head coach. From a hot seat to a hot guy. Oh That's man! Great. Now, what's the best halftime show you ever saw? Uh Prince. Pretty great show in the rain. How about that? Purple rain in the rain. Mm-hmm. Forgettable. Uh, Prince. Tom Petty was great for me. Um, you know, uh, the one that sneaked up on me and blew my mind was Lady Gaga. She killed it. Mm-hmm. She made it. Remember her flying in? From yeah, the- for sure. No. Uh, I, I, and when they, when they said Lady Gaga's doing the Super Bowl halftime, I'm like, eh. And she was, I, and in fact, I became a fan that day. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and the weekend a couple of years ago, I had never even heard of the guy and he killed it. He yep. Was- it's been a while since I've been disappointed, honestly, by a concert. I can't remember the last time I was like, well, this is a waste of time. So, but if you're asking, I'm, I'm putting Prince one, U2, right after not, it was after the 9 11. I think they did the 9 11 Super Bowl and had the scroll of the, remember behind them? Uh, I, uh, don't remember, I can't remember the song they played, but scroll of names, victims in the 9 11. I thought that was pretty powerful. Um, Michael Jackson, once upon a time, put on a pretty good show. I can't remember. I can't remember. I think it was a San Diego. I, for some reason, I want to say it was, it was L.A. or San Diego. It was at the Rose Bowl when the Cowboys Bowl. beat the Buffalo Bills the first time. Okay. that's okay. When Dallas beat Pittsburgh in Arizona to your uh, Barry Switzer Super Bowl, mm-hmm. uh, the media bus took us there like six hours before kickoff. And I, I went – I remember being on a uh, – like a freight elevator at the stadium at Tempe and uh, – and then, like a, a big group of people walk in, and it's Diana Ross and Vanessa Williams. Is that her name? Vanessa, the former Miss America. Yep, that's right. Yeah, uh, I think Vanessa did the uh, uh, anthem, and then Diana Ross was the halftime. Oh wow! And uh, I was just like, you know, a I can't believe how tiny Diana Ross is. And <laughs> I can't believe how brave she is because she got on the running board of a helicopter at the end of her performance, just stood there. Now she had a, she was, uh, they had a, uh, uh, there was a guy behind her and it, like, she had like a harness and he hooked some sort of belt to the back. Okay. Of she stood on that running board as that helicopter ascended into the night. And I thought I wouldn't do that for a billion dollars. Yep. So that was memorable. A, because I got to see Diana Ross up close, and B, because uh, I couldn't believe she rode up and saw the helicopter. And you said, you're a lot smaller than I thought you'd be. Oh, I didn't say a word. I just looked straight ahead. <laughs> I didn't want to, uh, I, didn't, uh, I didn't want to stargaze, but but that was, that was a, that's awesome. I, I still can't believe they played the Super Bowl in that rat trap of the stadium. Hey, listen, sports writers are again a cynical lot, but we we can, we can get starstruck as much as as much as it. It, does, it doesn't take much. I remember freaking out over the first time I saw Magic Johnson in person at the OU uh, Michigan State Sweet Sixteen basketball game in Syracuse. That was like ten years ago, and I'm like, that's an athlete. I'm not supposed to get starstruck by any athlete. I was starstruck. 
So, um, all right. Enjoy the game, folks. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Uh, enjoy the games, not just Super Bowl 56, but all the college hoops over the weekend. Bill and I will be back next week to, uh, to talk more about uh, about halftime shows and our thoughts on the, on the Super Bowl and commercials and anything else that comes to mind. Please keep uh, reading our stuff and watching our stuff at the Tulsa World. We appreciate your patronage.